You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Sunday, November 29th, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how you doing this morning, my friend? I am well, buddy. Good All to right. talk to you. Good to talk to you. Good morning. We are supposed to be talking about an Ohio State win over Illinois in Champaign yesterday. But as we all know, that game was canceled because of an increase in coronavirus cases at Ohio State. So this morning, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that and what it means for the Buckeyes going forward. But before we get started, I want to remind our listeners about our new website, which you can visit at southstandsosu.com. You can listen to all of our podcast episodes there and check out our new blog I'd also like to invite our listeners to head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We greatly appreciate your feedback there. Finally, we invite you to give us a follow on Twitter at South underscore stands. That's South underscore stands. All right, PBH. By now, our listeners are pretty well informed about what's happening at Ohio State. So I don't want to spend too much time going over the timeline of events here, but I would like to go through a quick summary of where things stand just to kind of frame the discussion this morning. So this past Wednesday, the program had a significant increase in positive tests. Team physician Jim Borcher said they were not to the level that the team had to pause practices, but as a precaution, they moved to non-contact practices without helmets on Thursday and Friday. Team meetings were held over Zoom. By Friday, though, we learned Ryan Day had tested positive, and by late Friday night, Ohio State clearly did not feel comfortable with where things were moving and chose to cancel. Now, Borchers also noted that before last week, the program had maintained close to a 0% positivity rate since August. But both Borchers and Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith pointed out on a Zoom call yesterday with reporters that Franklin County at the moment is at the highest level of community spread and that's per the Ohio Department of Health. That's level four, purple. Franklin County is one of four counties in the state right now that's at level four. Now, I'm reading this directly from the Ohio Department of Health website. Level four means, quote, severe exposure and spread. And Franklin County residents are advised to, quote, only leave home for supplies and services. So that's the backdrop in Columbus right now, where they're trying to play games. It's against that backdrop. Community spread there is very, very high. It's the highest level it can possibly be. Now, Gene Smith said that the Buckeyes had not yet reached all the thresholds for a cancellation and actually could have played at Illinois on Saturday, but they would not have been able to guarantee a clean plane for the flight to Champaign or a clean playing field for the game with Illinois. And it just would not have been the right thing to do. So they decided to cancel. I want to point out one thing here that I think is also important to kind of frame the discussion. So per the Big Ten's return to play protocols, which were established by that return to play task force that that Kevin Warren put together, there are uh, two thresholds that once they're exceeded would trigger a mandatory one week pause in team activities. The first is a test positivity rate of 5% or greater. Test positivity rate is the number of positive tests divided by the number of tests administered. And then the second is the population positivity rate, which would have to be 7 
and a half percent or greater. And that's the number of positive individuals divided by the total population at risk. So right now, Ohio State had exceeded the threshold for the population positivity rate, but they did not exceed the threshold for the test positivity rate. So therefore, they they did not have to buy the Big Ten rules, did not have to shut down for a week. So Ohio State, uh, having hit only one of those thresholds, voluntarily decided to pause team activities. And again, it was because of a population positivity rate. Let's go into the numbers there. The population refers to, and in air quotes, population refers to a total of 170 people within the program, which includes players, coaches, and staffers. That's a total of 170 people. So we know if we do the math, at least 13 people within that group have tested positive. And other than Coach Day, we don't know how many players versus coaches versus staffers have been infected. And that information is not going to be disclosed by the program for privacy reasons. So they will continue to test. And if no more positives come back and the players who have tested negative continue to test negative, there's a chance Ohio State could resume team activities this week and play at Michigan State on Saturday. That is not off the table just yet. Now, Ryan Day said yesterday he thinks all his team would need to prepare for the Spartans is a good hard practice on Thursday and a walkthrough practice on Friday. That's all he thinks they need. Is that just a pure indictment on Michigan State than anything? <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I was. We can get to this in a second. I was pretty impressed with, with what Michigan State did yesterday against Northwestern. They looked pretty good, at least defensively, and really controlled the line of scrimmage. But yeah, I, I, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I mean, you know, Ohio State is in mid-season conditioning right now, and yeah, that makes sense, right? They probably don't need like yeah. a, a ton of contact uh, practices, right, to get ready for that game. Now, if Ohio State, Michigan State cannot happen, that would mean the Buckeyes will not be able to play the minimum number of games to qualify for the Big Ten title game, which is six. And that would mean Indiana would represent the East Division in the Big Ten title game. And more than likely, Northwestern would represent the West Division in the Big Ten title game. Now, one would think Ohio State would still be able to play Michigan in the season finale. Again, that's COVID willing. All of this is, you know, fingers crossed. But one would think... You know, Michigan has actually been able to play all of their games to date. So Ohio State should be able to get that game in. And then they would they would play the second place game against either an Iowa or Wisconsin, more than likely, during Champions Week on December 19th. And what's driving me nuts is a lot of the national analysts keep forgetting about that. They keep forgetting that all 14 Big Ten teams are going to play on December 19th. It's not just going to be the Big Ten title game. There are going to be these crossover matchups between the second place and third place teams and so on in the conference. So Ohio State is going to have an opportunity on Championship Saturday to make some kind of a statement against a quality opponent. Again, it'll either be Iowa or Wisconsin. But, you know, it, Michigan State's not yet off the table. If that game can be played, Ohio State wins, they win out, then they could play in the Big Ten title game. So that's where things stand at the moment. I know that was a lot of information. PVH, you got any questions before we move forward? Uh, I lost you at hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it, yeah, there's just so many variables to it. And right. everybody's, every conference is different. Obviously, we only really care about the Big Ten for the right. purpose of this discussion. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's pretty, you know, I'm cut and dry. It's very complicated, but cut and dry. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So look, I want to cut to the chase here because we know 
there was there's one goal here for this team, and that's to play for a national championship. I mean, that's why Wyatt Davis came back. That's why Sean Wade came back. That's why this team fought so hard to be able to play. You know, hashtag fight, hashtag we want to play. That's why Justin Fields had his petition that he put out there. So here's the question I want to put to you. Is there any material difference, do you think, in the eyes of the committee between a 7-0 Ohio State team, which technically wins the Big Ten title, and a 6-0 Ohio State team? And let me tell you what the difference would really be. The only difference in those, in those two scenarios is a win over a rebuilding Michigan State team. Right. Do you, th- do you think the committee cares about that? To be honest with you, I think it actually does. Let me tell you why. I mean, it, two two reasons, actually. Notre Dame and Florida. Hmm. And I think the bigger issue is Notre Dame, right? So let's just say, let's just say a high state doesn't get to the the six games, um, or they end up with with five games. And you've got Notre Dame sitting there with a close loss to Clemson mm-hmm. in the ACC championship game, then I think it does become an issue as a body of work. Like I, the, just the, the, the absolute just mayhem from Notre Dame right. politicking for them to get in the playoff versus a five and O Ohio state team, mm-hmm. I think would be a pretty big deal. And then, you know, depending on what happens in the SEC with Florida, who looks pretty good if they knock off an Alabama. Right. So then does that mean you're keeping an Alabama, uh, you know, that is conceivably 9-0 versus a 5-0 Ohio State team? Yeah, I do think it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 to, to your point of, of if you look at it from the angle, are you really learning anything more about Ohio State? No, you're not. But I think what we really need is it for to be a clean slate of who are the potential teams to put in the playoff. Now, I definitely think we dodged a huge bullet yesterday with Michigan state knocking off Northwestern. Right. Cause that would have been a whole nother debate, right? Are you taking, um, you know, a high state over Northwestern if they run the table and win the big 10 championship? I don't think you can. Right. So I do think it, it matters. I don't yeah. think it matters in the context of what we know about a high state. I think it matters. And again, the big one to me is Notre Dame, right? right. That independent, even though they're part of the ACC this year, mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem for a high state if they only play five games. All right. So let's play this out. Let's play this out. So the worst case, so yeah, the, the worst case scenario for Ohio State is the one that we we talked about in the last pod. Alabama and Florida play a classic SEC title game decided by a field goal and Florida edges out Alabama. And then Notre Dame and Clemson, same thing in the ACC title game, a close, hard fought Clemson victory. They win by a field goal and you've got four one loss teams who all looked great in their conference title games. Great quarterback play, good defense, good running games, explosive playmaking. And they're all sitting there at one loss, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson and Florida. I I agree with you. In that scenario, if Ohio State is unable to get to the Big Ten title game and win it and be a conference champion, I think that would that would be very bad news for Ohio State. I, I think the the committee would more than likely be forced to go with all four of those teams as their yeah. field for the playoffs. But one thing I think, which is probably a little bit more likely. Bama to me looks unbeatable right now. If Bama handles Florida, then you got Florida with two losses. 
yeah, that's an easier discussion, right? If you're comparing Florida with two losses to Ohio State, who's six and zero, undefeated with two quality wins over an Indiana, who's going to be somewhere probably ranked around the top ten, and then a second win on Champions Week against either a Wisconsin or Iowa team that's probably going to be ranked around that fifteen range. Then I think you've got an argument if you're Ohio State to get in over Florida, although not necessarily a slam dunk argument. My take on it is forget forget resume. Like I, I, I don't know that there's a material difference between six and seven I, other than you would have the title of a conference champion. But I think Ohio State is going to play a quality team on December 19th and Champions Week either way that there isn't going to be any material difference between Northwestern in the Big Ten title game and an Iowa or a Wisconsin in the second place game. Those three teams are all basically the same. I mean, I I know Northwestern has the head-to-head over both Iowa and Wisconsin, but if Northwestern and Wisconsin played 10 times on a neutral field, how many times does Northwestern win that game? Right. I mean, yeah, I agree. Five? I was going to say, yeah. I, <laughs> same with Iowa, right? I mean, I think they only yeah. beat Iowa by a point, or it was a very, very close game. Same deal. If those two teams square off on the same, on a neutral field 10 times, who wins that game? So Ohio State's going to get a quality opponent that's going to be of the same caliber of what they would see in the Big Ten title game. The difference would be they would have one more win over a middling Michigan State team. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is you're not going to get in on resume, Ohio State fans. You're not. It's going to be eye test. And it's going to be because the committee looks at the Ohio State roster and sees difference makers like Justin Fields and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Wyatt Davis and Nicholas Petit Ferrer. They're going to look at that roster and say, they got dudes and and they've, they've got dudes who are better than these other teams that we're comparing them against. Hold on, though. So flip that on its head, right? Okay, now we got to talk about the defense. Right. And they look at that secondary, and yeah. they brought it up in the first playoff, whatever that is, the playoff the show. defense, you're right. Right? And they say, huh, oh, well, these guys are still ranked 98th in the country and, you know, in their secondary. 116th so, at this point. Yeah, 116th. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. does the defense keep them out? And it's just another reason why they need to play a few games and to look shore impressive. that up. Yeah. To, to make it look better. Those numbers, you know, they probably crunch the numbers. It's not only eye test. Right. So as, as, as much as we think that they are deserving on offense, are they equally as undeserving on defense? Well, if you're examining this team, the pass defense stinks. They have two games at a minimum, I would think, hopefully three, where they can make some changes on the back end of that secondary. I actually wrote a a piece for the blog, if our listeners want to check it out, kind of going into what needs to happen personnel-wise in the secondary for Ohio State to improve their pass defense. But clearly changes are in order there, whether it's scheme, whether it's personnel, guys just needing to play better. They've got a little bit of time to address that. But we know offensively, they're very balanced one of the best passing teams in the country. They're the best rushing team in the Big Ten. We know they've got one of the top quarterbacks in the country. They know maybe the best wide receiver tandem in the country. Alabama might have an argument there. And we know they're very good against the run defensively. And we know that they can get after the quarterback. If you look at the pro football focus grades on pass rush, although they have not been able to get home for a ton of sacks just yet, we know that they're pretty good in that defensive front seven getting after the quarterback. So there is a lot to like if you're looking at kind of those advanced stats where they grade out in some key areas. 
pass defense is really the only nick that you can put on this team. Otherwise, pretty darn good. We know they've recruited well. Honestly, I think Justin Fields is a huge difference maker for them if, if you're looking at roster makeup and that sort of thing. Ohio State is probably going to win a lot of the comparisons with most of these other teams that they'd be competing with for that fourth spot. Ohio State is not going to win the most deserving argument here. That that's no. that's the fact that they're not, and yeah. the committee is going to have to be okay with that limited body of work and be okay with maybe even using their imagination a little bit. Like, well, we just think they're better, and we think had they played against Maryland, a two and two Maryland team who they were favored by four touchdowns to beat, and had they played that game with Illinois, who's two and three, and Ohio State was favored by four touchdowns to beat, and had they played Michigan State at two and three, who they'll probably be favored by four touchdowns to beat, we think they would have won those games. We don't think Ohio, we would have learned much about Ohio State in playing those games. And so we feel good about putting them in based on all these other measurables. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, 100%. And the the big thing is we could sit here, you know, come up with scenarios after scenarios, but in any given, any normal year, right? There's still a fair amount of football left to be played. There's going to be some upsets. Shit's going to happen that, you know, I mean, heck, it happened yesterday, right? Northwestern blowing it to Michigan state, but especially with COVID out there. I mean, I think the biggest concern is, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, not that they would ever do it purposely. Right. But you know, you're just waiting for that next shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. And if it drops at Michigan, right. Let's just say that Michigan state is 50, 50. God, what if they don't get that game? And so then it comes back to all this stuff that clearly we don't want to get into right about the big 10 rules and, you know, are they idiots? You know, God only knows just that's drives people crazy on both sides. However, um, the Big Ten does have the ability to 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 be flexible, <laughs> and the, the the sad reality would be is that anything that they do to be uh, more relaxed and flexible at this point would clearly be just for Ohio State and Ohio State's favor. But mm-hmm. maybe that's what they need to do, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's relaxing one of those rules, and you know we could talk about them the twenty one days or you know, the six game rule or right. schedule. I mean, I, my personal favorite was, Hey, go out and schedule who you want. Fuck you, Nebraska. We're changing <laughs> the rules. You know, six weeks later, if you don't like it, head back to the big 12. Um, in, in, in the vein of getting Ohio state in the playoff, right. Cause that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal for money. It's prestige. Um, so, you know, what does Ohio state do either, you know, behind the scenes or, or otherwise to make that a reality. But I guess my, my main point is there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen between right. now and, you know, the, in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea what, what it's going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of football left to be played and we can go over all the different scenarios. When, it, when we started this call, I was of the opinion that there really was no material difference between a 7-0 and Ohio State team and a 6-0 and Ohio State team. But that extra... What do they call it? Data point, a win over Michigan State, and technically having that title of conference champion when the committee is examining teams whose cases are very close could actually be very important for Ohio State. So there were a couple of developments that you mentioned that actually I thought were were positive for Ohio State's playoff case. The first you mentioned, which was Northwestern losing at Michigan State. That I was very surprised by that. Although 
I think you kind of called it in our last pod, right? You said, now watch Northwestern go out after they had beaten Wisconsin. Now watch Northwestern go out and lose their next game. And that's exactly what happened. They they lose on the road at Michigan State. This is a Michigan State team that's been up and down all season long. I watched most of that game and Michigan State really dominated Northwestern in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Northwestern, I kind of felt all along was a team that could probably play with anybody on a given Saturday, but could also lose to anybody on a given Saturday. Well, what that does for Ohio State is it takes that that worry off the table that an undefeated Northwestern, who would be a conference champ, could get in over them, You know, would have a case over Ohio State to get in the playoffs. So that's now off the table. Ohio State is the only remaining undefeated team in the Big Ten. So that was a positive result for Ohio State's playoff hopes. There was another one which was the performance of Texas and A&M in primetime against a pretty lousy LSU team. Now, A&M goes on to win that game 20 to 7. LSU played a couple of very very young quarterbacks who, you know, one of them threw a terrible pick six that was really kind of put the game away for Texas A&M. But I'm sorry, A&M, they're the number five team in the country right now. They're sitting right behind Ohio State in the playoff rankings. I don't believe they made a very compelling case yesterday to be in that top four. We'll see what the playoff committee does on Tuesday, but I'm just looking at the stat sheet here. Texas A&M, 267 yards of total offense. Kellen Mond, their quarterback, who I think is the most overrated quarterback in the FBS, he finished 11 of 34 for 105 yards passing. And we know the name of the game in today's game is elite quarterback play. I'm looking at that result yesterday, 20 to 7 over a 3 and 4 LSU team who's not very good, repeatedly shot themselves in the foot with stupid mistakes. They're a very young team. That was an opportunity for Texas A&M in prime time to make a statement. I don't think they did. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't. Do you happen to see any of that game? I, I didn't. Um, and I'm just kind of looking at their schedule. Have they played Alabama? They have and they lost they and they, they got run off the field. Um, it, it was not close. Oh, yeah. 52 to 24. 52 yeah, to 24. Right. Now, their big win was a 41-38 win over Florida at home. That was back on October 10th. And that's really, that's why Texas A&M is at number five on the strength of that win over Florida. Three-point win. Yeah, sitting at five. They, they have no real path to get there. I mean, they're behind Alabama. They're not going to make the the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. And if Alabama wins that, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, if Alabama rolled Florida and they beat Florida, yeah, sitting at five. Yeah, they had the head to head. I think yeah. it's a long shot, but um, I possible. feel good. Yeah, I would feel good about even a 6-0 and Ohio State team getting in ahead of Texas A&M, provided that they look good in these last two games, Michigan and whoever they would play in the second place game on in Champions Week. I know they'd only play six games. I know A&M would have the head-to-head win over Florida, but Kellen Mond versus Justin Fields, I think on, on the strength of that alone, maybe you give them a nod over most deserving, but I'm sorry, I'm looking at the two rosters. I'm looking at the two quarterbacks and some of the other players on this team, Garrett Wilson, Olave, guys like that. I think Ohio State wins that head-to-head. I do. Maybe A&M has a nod, I guess, or a case in in the most deserving column. I think they're going to go with the team that has the better roster and the team that has the best chance to win a semifinal game. And I think it's Ohio State in that case. So I thought that was a very positive result for Ohio State, that A&M just didn't look very good against a, 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 a lousy LSU team yesterday. I don't think they made a compelling case. 
Yeah, there's no way. I mean, and the other thing, my my favorite thing is, yes, it is a uh, sporting uh, playoff. It's also a TV show, right? Let's just be clear. <laughs> they want, you know, you want the brands, right? You you want to see those those specific schools. Uh, sorry, Texas A and M just just not getting the nod over Ohio State in that scenario. They're just not. Even if even if Ohio State, I think, is sitting there at five and zero. Oh, um, and my God, like what an exciting game, right? The Alabama, Ohio state, that game might be, uh, legitimately 72 to 65. I mean, just uh, yeah. very fun offensive, uh, battle. There's, I just don't think A&M, even though they're sitting there at five would, 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 would leapfrog us in that scenario. I think Ohio state's playoff, there's still a path for them. Okay. So if we fast forward to championship Saturday, Alabama, Florida, SEC title game. Florida, I think, has a shot in that game. But where are you putting your money on that one? It's Alabama. Yeah. Notre Dame, Clemson. Clemson back at full strength. I'm very impressed by Notre Dame. I think they're a quality football team. I like Clemson in that game. And they could very well be Notre Dame and Clemson both get in. And then the four spot would then come down to a two-loss Florida team. A Texas A&M team who beat that Florida team. Okay, so Texas A&M would probably be the first team in line ahead of Florida because they'd only have one loss, assuming they went out. Florida has two losses. And then you, as you go down the rankings, then you're looking at a two-loss Georgia team. You're looking at Cincinnati, who's sitting at number seven. Are you going to put Cincinnati in ahead of Ohio State? No, they're no. not going to do that. Miami right now is at number 10. Does Miami have a path? No, Miami doesn't have a path. Oklahoma then sits at 11. They're the next in line. They've already got two losses. Is there a path for Oklahoma? No. Indiana sits at number 12. Now they're going to move up. Ohio State beat them head to head. So I think Ohio State still, even with this cancellation yesterday, Illinois, and what could be a very likely cancellation again next week against Michigan State. I, I know it's still on the table. My money says that game probably gets canceled, but if things go chalk on championship Saturday and Bama takes care of business against Florida, they'll be favored in that game. What do you think the line is in that game? Nine or eight or nine points? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. yeah. And, at least. and things go chalk between Clemson and Notre Dame, although it doesn't really matter. I think they're both in. Yeah. You know what? I mean, looking at this, Notre Dame is for sure in. I yeah. mean, they're going to play 10 games. And and I bet you anything the committee does even though if, if they don't ding a high state for not playing as many games, I bet they give teams credit for playing more games, right? Sure. It doesn't have to be either or. And right. Notre Dame, I mean, unless they lose their next game, which is, uh, God, they're going to play 11 games. They're going to play Syracuse and Wake. And then it's crazy. The ACC championship game. That is crazy. Yeah. They're in. I mean, they just can't stumble against but those two teams. are yeah. terrible. Notre Dame's in the playoff. Yeah. So I, I think if things go chalk, we're still in pretty good shape. Ohio State is, I, I think. Even You know what's crazy? You There isn't one Pac-12 team that's even sniffing the, the playoff. Yeah. I mean, Oregon, and they lost. They lost. Oregon is at that's 15 right now. Jesus, that's insane. Yeah. I'm just looking at the rankings also. It's like Oregon sitting there at 15 with, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's coming down to uh, probably 
one spot. Could be two, though, depending on what happens with Notre Dame and Clemson. Alabama, for sure, is in. Mm-hmm. And then, it, it realistically, you have Cincinnati, right? You're going to have Florida, depending on how they play against Alabama, Ohio State, maybe Texas a and no one I, else. No one else is sniffing yeah, it. No yeah. way. I like our argument. And then you know, Georgia might get into discussion, maybe, but they got two losses. I mean, right now they're the committee's number nine. So maybe the committee, hey, you know, they give Georgia the benefit of the doubt because of their quarterback issues. They finally figured it out. But I don't know, two losses, two blowout losses, two convincing losses for Georgia. Just looking at the rankings, where things sit right now. I'm feeling much better about Ohio State's case in either scenario, whether it's 6-0 or 7-0 now. I would feel really good if they can play Michigan State and they can win out and they go 7-0 and they do have that title of conference champion, then I'd feel really good about their case. So just how funny would it be, though, just to watch the Ohio State nation freak the fuck out (laughs) If we get bumped out of the four spot this week in the rankings, could happen. And either A and M or Florida or Florida take over, mm-hmm. um, you know. And again, so Florida A and Florida beat A and M, right? Right. Uh, no, A and M beat Florida, and and okay. that's why so Florida's it, there. Yeah, yeah. So so Texas A and M slips into that number five slot, and either it's a subtle or not so. Dot across the bow, Big Ten. You better play some freaking games if you want in this playoff. So I'm looking at AM's remaining schedule. They're at number, f- well, th- as it stands right now, Auburn is 22nd in the college football playoff rankings, but they're going to drop out. They got destroyed by Bama yesterday. So AM's remaining schedule, Auburn, and then a terrible Tennessee team. And Ohio mm-hmm. State would have an opportunity, conceivably, you know, in theory, Michigan State, Michigan. And then a top 15-ish opponent in either the Big Ten title game or the second place game if they're unable to play Michigan State. It'll be close, but I think Ohio State will have a compelling case based on all these other variables, not just games played, but where they rank in some key statistics and then the roster makeup. I think that's the other thing that you're you're really banking on eye test. And if you're, especially if you're a coach in that room, and I know they don't have a lot of coaches on that committee. I think they only have two now, but you're looking at Justin Fields and Garrett Wilson and some of these dudes that just look different. And you're comparing them to some of these other teams that just don't have players like that. It's it's like a double jeopardy situation though, right? It's <laughs> just like, we have to get our COVID situation under control. Right. Um, but man, if it hits either MSU or Michigan, then they're in big trouble. And the yeah. other thing, you know, I was thinking, is there, is there in my, my, my Nebraska FU scenario, there's no time to do it, right? There's no time because the championship game is the 19th, which is the week after the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if they wanted to say, or, you know, said, Hey, look, you can go ahead and schedule somebody else. We don't care who it is. Um, there's no, there's no time to do it, which we all knew, right? When they, they put out the schedule, there's no bye weeks. You waited a long time to, to start the season. I mean, heck, if they had just started the season a week earlier, then they could have adjusted. There, there's very little wiggle room for them to adjust at all at this point. They yeah. just need these, I mean, to your point, a minimum 
of these next two games, which just worries me as it hits Michigan um, in the next two weeks. Uh, and, and then we're really left holding the bag. That's the backdrop, right? I mean, that kind of, that trumps everything is whether COVID decides these games are actually played. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I was wondering about is, and we talked a little bit about it on the phone yesterday, somewhat of the gamesmanship that teams could play, mm-hmm. um, you know, with COVID. And I'm not saying Ohio State did anything nefarious whatsoever, but just wondering, you know, who tested positive. They could have played against Illinois. Gene right. Smith is smart enough to have played all of these scenarios that we just went through in his head 50 times over. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, we understand the well-being of the health of these kids is is paramount, and that's the overarching reason why they would decide whether to play or not. That being said, do they feel confident enough of who tested positive that they've isolated those players that they don't think that there's going to be more uh, positives coming just based on you know surroundings and, and contact tracing that they can play that Michigan State game next week yeah um or why wouldn't they have gone ahead and played yesterday you know i don't know yeah it's so hard to know yeah no i mean i think if it was play football at all costs and play for a national championship at all costs they would have gone ahead and played illinois but if i I watched that zoom call a replay of that zoom call that happened yesterday it was it was uh, gene smith Ryan Day and Jim Borchers, who's the Ohio State team physician, fielding questions from the media. And Smith had said, we could have played. Ohio State made the call on their own, even though they hadn't reached all the thresholds for a cancellation to go ahead and cancel. So if it were play at all costs and win at all costs, they would have played the game and they didn't. And I don't think, in answer to your question, watching that Zoom call, at this point, I don't think they're at the point where they feel confident that they've identified all the cases, isolated everybody, and that they can get infection rates down. It is a day-to-day thing. That's what Borcher said. I think he said something like, I can't even tell you what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone three or four days from now, because he was being pressed by reporters. are like, well, what are the chances that Michigan State can be played? And he said, I can't answer that. Yeah. It, it really is day-to-day, and, and we're just going to have to see and hold our breath. And man, it's exhausting. It's a, it is exhausting. For the first time since the season started, <clears throat> I felt a little daunted by this whole thing. We were thinking about doing this pod this morning and I was like, oh, you know, do, do I really want to do this? Do I, you know, I, I've been checking Twitter seemingly like every 30 seconds and it, I can only imagine how the players and coaches must feel. I mean, they've been keeping this up f- since the summer. It, it must be absolutely exhausting and and then that's the other thing. If they even can take the field, let's assuming they do take the field against Michigan State, you hadn't played in two weeks. Maybe you only have one or two practices under your belt, and you got to go in and face a Michigan State team is feeling really good about themselves. You know, mentally, physically, are you ready? Now Ryan Day isn't going to be able to coach in that game. Larry Johnson would be the the acting head coach, but the play callers, of course, would be Kerry Combs on defense and Kevin Wilson on offense. They, those are the guys that actually be calling the plays on on game day. Well, listen, yeah. buddy, I think we've, uh, to the extent it's possible, I think we've had about as thorough a look at Ohio State's playoff chances at this point in time. We're just going to have to wait and see. I'm going to let you go. and You can enjoy the rest of your Sunday, buddy. And tentatively, let's plan to connect on Thursday to hopefully preview Michigan State. Let's do it, man. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. 
You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.